Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Stay standing for just a moment. I'm going to read our opening passage. And I'm going to take us uh, to Acts chapter 2. This is actually after the resurrection. It's also after the ascension. So after Jesus has appeared and he goes uh, to glory for the final time. He sends his spirit. This is after all that. And it's Peter who's going to make this proclamation and declaration. That's where I want to read from Acts 2 verse 22. The Bible says this, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand and the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear, and I'll add, feel today. I love this because Peter is preaching this and declaring this not very long after his hour of greatest failure where Jesus is going to the cross and Peter fails Jesus and denies him in his greatest hour of need. I love this because you know what this proves? It proves to me that the story of God and the proof of the resurrection is that you and I get second chances. Without resurrection, we don't have a second chance. And for Peter, man, he's taking advantage of this moment. And today, I feel called to preach a message titled, A Second Chance. A Second Chance. So come on, look at somebody, every location, look at somebody you're mad at and tell them, I'm giving you a second chance. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. And one more time today, I'd love to just show some love to our production teams, our creative teams, our worship teams. Grateful for all of your efforts and uh, honored the, that you serve God through this house. So a second chance. Um, being married, uh, I need second chances every day. It's not selective hearing or forgetting. It's just... I need a second chance, but somebody's clapping. <laughs> I was thinking about a second chance. I, I was thinking about, um, was there a time in my life I received a second chance? And, and I can think back to high school. I had a history and geography teacher who was also one of my football coaches, which means he was just a football coach who had to teach so that he could be a football coach. And uh, one day we took a test. And, uh, and none of us knew where Montana was. 
or anywhere else for that matter. We all failed the test, even the smart kids. And so I boldly, like Peter, declared, Coach, if we all failed, it actually means you failed. <laughs> I've heard somebody said true, amen. Uh, but that forced me then to run a lot of laps later on for making that proclamation. However, I took one for the team and he gave us a second chance. He said, what then shall I do to be saved? I said, no, I'm saying, what should I do? I said, well, we should take a group test. That will help us collaborate and learn more effectively. And he says, as you wish. And so we took a group test. We all passed. I became the most popular kid at school. We received our second chance. And that is all you need to know today. And that's so good. I want to apologize to every educator. Uh, I grew. Okay. I've grown since then. But second chances, friends, uh, they are woven through the gospels. Not just the gospels, they're woven through the Old Testament. They're woven through every fabric of God's character. We can think about some of the popular second chances, right? Adam and Eve, they failed God in the garden and then they're given a second chance through childbearing and, and, and work and, and stewarding creation. There's also... Abraham, who gets a second chance at bringing forth his inheritance through Isaac, even though he sleeps with his maidservant and gets ahead of God. I promise to never do that to my wife. <laughs> Noah gets a second chance of a cleansed earth after the flood. I love this one. Moses gets a second chance by delivering God's people. Rahab, this is an awesome one. She gets a second chance. She was a prostitute and helped God's people conquer Jericho. Jesus eventually shows up in, in her lineage. Come on, somebody. Talk about a second or third or fourth chance. Uh, there's Israel getting a second chance at the promised land through Joshua. There's David getting a second chance after adultery and murder. There's Paul getting a second chance after being a rigid, a zealous, religious nut who murders people. And yet he gets a second chance to deliver the gospel. Uh, the point I'm making, guys, is the story of God is one in which you and I are offered a second chance. However, just to be clear, if Jesus dies and that's all that happens, he was just a man. But because he was raised to new life, Peter gets a second chance. And I wanna, I wanna kinda walk through most of, some of Peter's highlights for a moment because uh, th there's a moment that's so funny to me and, and it's sad, but it's funny because it, when you think about it, it's us. And, and and they're at the Last Supper. Hopefully you remembered the Lord and maybe received communion or, or remembered his death. And, and at this Last Supper, uh, they are, Jesus is talking to them and, and they're, they're sharing bread and wine and uh, they, are, they are remembering God's deliverance of his people. And, and Jesus is reminding them he's the Passover lamb, right? He's all, all these this implications. They're feeling something big's about to happen. And, and, and then uh, Jesus starts, washing their feet. And Peter's like, whoa, 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 Lord, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus is like, if I don't wash 
your feet. You can't have a part of me. And, and Peter's, he's perplexed because he's like, you're, you're, the, you're the leader. You're, you're, you're our, you're Lord. Like you can't, leaders don't wash feet. He's like, I'm turning it all upside down, you know, all this stuff. And, and he's like, okay, Lord, wash my hands, my head, all of me. And they're just having a moment. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Luke 22, verse 34, and Jesus says, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. It's, it's not funny, but it's funny because it's like, wow, we're having this moment with God. And then all of a sudden, hey, by the way, I'm going to need you a lot tomorrow and you're going to do me dirty. I mean, that's basically... What happens? In Luke 22, verse 54 through 62, it's exactly what happens. Uh, Peter denies Jesus two times, right? He's even denying Jesus in front of a little girl as Jesus is headed towards trial. And then Peter denies him a third time. A third time. And, and then the Bible says, Jesus looks at Peter and then Peter, I mean, he sees Jesus face. I just wonder for a second, how do you feel Jesus would have looked at Peter? Uh, let me actually ask it differently. Had somebody failed you in your greatest hour of need, how would you look at them? Probably with disgust, discouragement disappointment, all these different things. But, but, I, but I consider Jesus' character and I, I have to trust that Jesus didn't look at Peter with anger. I have to believe that, that Jesus looked at Peter with, with blazing, burning eyes of love. We know this because Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We also consider Jesus telling all of the accusers of this woman caught in adultery to leave. And he says, now get up, go and sin no more. We consider Jesus saying to us, abide in me and the truth will set you free. And I love you and ask anything in my name. And so if Jesus says these things, if this is his character, I have to believe Jesus didn't look at Peter with anger or disgust. He looked at him with love. And then we see Peter's response. The Bible basically says that Peter, he weeps bitterly. He repents. He feels godly sorrow. I, I know that Jesus looked at Peter with kindness because the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so therefore, Jesus, if he would have looked at him with anger and disgust, Peter might have rejected him. But Jesus looks at him with kindness and then Peter weeps. He feels conviction and he repents. Friends, you gotta know this, that conviction is a good thing. Conviction is very different than guilt. Uh, in that, I shouldn't say guilt, I should say condemnation. A little bit of guilt's good for you. Do something wrong, you should feel bad about it. Okay, if you don't, you're toxic. <laughs> okay. Condemnation is you've been forgiven and it just stays with you. You can't let it go and so forth. But he, conviction, he feels this, he weeps bitterly. And I think there's great implications to this. 
Here's what it means. It means because of God's kindness and his love for you, that whatever you've done, wherever you've been, how many times you've failed, how many times you've got it wrong, how many times you've failed God in God's hour of need, us putting him on the cross, all our sin, all our shame, all our stuff, when we repent. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's good news. That's the gospel. That's the story of God. However, if you're Peter, okay, you don't have the benefit of what we have. You and I are on the other side of the resurrection. You and I are on the other side of the New Testament. You and I got thousands of years to play Monday morning quarterback. All Peter had was Silent Saturday. So if you can imagine Peter, you can imagine Peter, he denies Jesus. Jesus looks at him, oh no, Lord, you know, having this moment. And then his interactions with Jesus at this point are, are, are limited. I mean, Jesus is about to get beaten. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to be put in a grave. If you're Peter and it's Saturday and you're twiddling your thumbs, your feelings are, I'm a failure. Am I right or wrong? It is because you're sensing a great sadness and emotion. The guy you spent the last three years with, who you saw miracles, now you're doubting it. Did he really do it? Is he really God? I blew it. What if he's going to forget about me? Like all these different things. And I bet you memories were flooding his mind. You ever been through a breakup and like the only thing you can do is put on some 90s R&B? It's like, it's like, this is Peter, right? Like, like Brian McKnight's just on somehow. It's like, one, it's like a dream come true. You know, it's like, we were five steps from eternity. You don't know your R&B. I know my Gen Z pastors are like, what? You know? Oh, man. Stop it. Stop it. So, where was I? Oh, Peter, he's depressed. I mean, he's, he's, he's down. Memories are flooding his mind. And here's what I bet Peter's thinking about. I bet you he's thinking about two things. I'm taking liberty here, but I'm just imagining, putting myself in his, in his shoes. There's a moment where, where Peter's acting up and Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. And he's like, maybe I'm Satan. Like maybe, maybe, maybe I'm this. But there's also a moment in Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus goes, I say to you that you are Peter, which means a rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I love this. So Peter's probably going, am I Satan or am I like this rock? Have you been there before? Like some days I'm like, man, maybe I'm Satan today. No, I'm like a faithful Christian. You know what happens to us is we have failures and we have mistakes and we think that these things are our total identities and lifetimes. 
So here's what Peter's going. Did my failure cancel my assignment? Did my struggle disqualify me from my opportunity? Does this moment define my future? Friends, listen, I heard a preacher say this, that failure is an event. It's not a lifetime. But so many of us live under condemnation. We don't believe that the resurrection gives us a second chance. And so failure and mistakes and sin become a lifestyle and a lifetime when it was just supposed to be an event. And thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for resurrection Sunday because Peter, man, he couldn't take another Saturday. Twiddling his thumbs. Listen to some old school RNB. The Bible says in John 20, verse 1, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Which of course was a theory that they were going to take his body. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I love this because uh, it's so human. I don't know why it's in there. It's like, is this a competition or are we just illuminating that Peter's older? <laughs> like, listen, if I'm running to the tomb, I love you, Lord. Just because somebody beat me don't mean I don't love you. <laughs> I was, we, were, we were filling up a, a thing yesterday and we're, I'm sore this morning, okay? It happens to the best of us. I love this. And the Bible says in verse five, he stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. See, Peter went in first and he saw and believed. He saw and believed for it. Until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Do you know how much grace God has on us? Because think about it. They've been hanging with this guy for three years. He's been explaining the Torah. He's been, an ex- he's been explaining all the prophecies. I'm the guy. I'm the Messiah. You don't understand David? You don't understand the prophets? Like they didn't even really realize he was going to rise from the dead. Man, if I'm Jesus, I'd have killed all of them with lightning. You incompetent, like... But, they, but they, had to see, they had to see the resurrection to believe. And for Peter, you got to imagine hope now welling up inside of him. Maybe I'm not a failure. Uh, maybe this was just an event. Maybe, 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 just maybe I will be this rock that Jesus is going to build his church on. Maybe, just maybe he really is alive and there really is. A, maybe I can have a second chance. And I read this little 
fact sheet every year for those who are skeptics because I know you came here not believing there's proof, but let me give it to you. You know, it is accounted that there are over 500 historical accounts beyond the Bible that Jesus raised from the dead. We couldn't get 10 of us in this room to agree. Other than the fact that I'm the best dressed, best looking person in the room today. Just kidding, my wife is, but, but other than that, we're not gonna agree. And how do they get 500 people to agree on something so insane outside of the Bible? Furthermore, the theory was is that, the, that the, the Jews were gonna come and take Jesus' body, but the stone weighed two tons. There was no way this could happen. Also, this was prophesied 500 years before Jesus was here. And it happened. Some would call this a spiritual resurrection, that this is simply something written to tell a story. But guys, this wasn't just spiritual, this was medical. Jesus actually lived historically. He actually died. He actually went in a tomb. This is beyond somebody written with an agenda. This is real. If all that's not good enough, the first people to report the resurrection were women. Now in that day, women writing something or having an authority on something was not popular. Therefore, for the writers to suggest that women saw him first, there was two things at play here. They were either crazy or it was true. And man, if you've met Jesus, you know it's true. Come on, if he's changed your life, you know it's true. If he's resurrected you out of the pits, out of the jail cell, out of horrible things, if he's healed your body, if he's touched your life, if he's fixed your marriage, you know the resurrection isn't hearsay. So later on, Jesus shows up to Peter. He shows up to the disciples, and this is one of my favorite moments. It's John 21, verse 15. The Bible says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, this is after the resurrection, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than anything else? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him, then he repeats the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. For me, I'd have been like, oh, you're hurt. You remember denying me three times? He says, Lord, you know everything. You know, I love you. Jesus says, then feed my sheep. Guys, I love this. Look at me. Peter, excuse me, Jesus was not being petty. He was being prophetic. He's being prophetic. That I will rise again on the third day. And even though you failed me three times, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to be restored. So I will ask you three times to remind you and to tell you, I've got something for you to do. I've got a purpose for your life. He says, if you love me, 
Do something with it. Don't waste my grace. Don't waste my death. Don't waste the resurrection. Go and feel. I'm giving you a second chance. I'm giving you a third chance. I'm giving you a fourth chance. And I'm here to tell you today that the death of Jesus is meaningless without the resurrection. But if there's a resurrection, which there was, it means just like Peter, you and I got second chances. Second chances at marriage. Come on, somebody. Second chances at careers. Second chances at callings and dreams. Second chances at a relationship with God. Second chances at healing and forgiveness and restoration. Second chances with children. You name it. Fill in the blank. God's given you a second chance because of the resurrection. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. guys were confused about what they believed. They, they, they missed it. They failed. I mean, Jesus talked about love for three years. And then Peter cuts off a soldier's ear. How's that for love? And God still shows up to them and says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? and go do something. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Failure, friends, is an event. But resurrection is a lifestyle. As I close this message, I can't help but think about the birth of our firstborn, Maverick. Before we had Maverick, um, we had a miscarriage. And I, I remember after the miscarriage and we got pregnant again, or I should say Lauren got pregnant again and I was there eating and cheering. Um, I was triggered. Like if you, you've had anything traumatic happen in your life, it's like every time we're at the doctors, I'm like, oh my gosh, is there gonna be a heartbeat? Is everything gonna be okay? And it was late in the pregnancy. It was towards the end. at the doctors and the doctor's feeling Lauren's tummy and she's not hearing anything or feeling anything and she's frantic and, and she leaves the office and I'm looking at Lauren from the other side of the room and my face has gone white. I got a lump in my throat and I'm saying, not again! And she eventually, which seemed like forever, she comes back in and she says, I'm sorry for freaking you out. My instruments weren't working. I said, lady, you're sorry? I'm going to sue you for emotional malpractice. Everything's fine with the baby. But to be honest with you, until I held Maverick in my arms, I, I kind of had a little bit of doubt. Is this going to happen? Like until he came out and I held him and felt him, I was like, I I I'm not really sure. And maybe it was a lack of faith. Nah, I don't know. You can peg it for what it is, but it reminded me of James, who was Jesus' brother. You know that James, Jesus' brother, didn't actually believe Jesus was God until after the resurrection? Jesus appears. Like, James saw the miracles. James saw Jesus, his sinless life. He sees his mom weeping at the cross. But James is like, nah, he's just my brother until the resurrection. 
And then James goes on. He moves on from this. I love this. James, his name was simply James, brother of Jesus. But he moves on to James, servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. And James goes on to be the pastor of the church of Jerusalem and a legend. He believed after the resurrection. You can't be a Christian, friends, if you only believe in the death. You have to believe in the life. But going back to Peter, I love this. Peter was so sure he had moved on from his failure. He had taken a second chance and he said, I'm going to go feed his sheep. Well, Peter goes on to be a legend himself. And when they went to martyr Peter and crucify him, he says, please don't do me like they did God. Turn me upside down. Oh, but how prophetic was that? Because Peter turned the world upside down. And so he was crucified upside down, confidently knowing that his second chance came and he fulfilled it. Here's what I'm telling you today. It doesn't matter how many times you've missed it, how many times you've failed, how much stuff's going on in your life. When you say to Jesus, yes, I surrender, I repent, I'll feed your sheep. He will allow you to turn the world upside down. He'll give you a second second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. You can do something with your life. And that same resurrection power is here for you today. Will you believe it? Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.